And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Today's episode of Straight from the Source is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Late night, midnight on the interstate. I didn't feel so great until I saw the city. Okay, welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Uh, very bored, Michael Russo. I've been uh, kind of pacing my home here for a couple weeks, and I'm very happy to be joined by Alex Stalock, the wild goaltender. Uh, tell me what you've been up to, Alex. I've been doing a lot of pacing, too. I've been doing <laughs> a lot of chasing. Um, I'm doing some building today. Uh, we ordered a uh, playhouse for my daughter, and uh, it's like a th- it's like a thousand piece puzzle. And then uh, obviously it comes with like two thousand pieces of hardware. So I've been <laughs> I've been tucked tucked inside a wood playhouse. Putting the, I mean it's crazy. It's got like a front door stoop. I'm putting like steps on. It's got like a bench, windows. It's uh, it's a uh, probably over the top playhouse i guess but and i well, tell you what i'm not gonna be putting one up in a tree it's going right <laughs> in the yard it's going on the ground so that's what i was gonna ask it's gonna go outside no yeah i think right now it'll probably stay in the garage well as i'm building it now i'm looking out the i was looking out the garage earlier and it started to rain it's like the little things you take in during this this time off is like garage doors open rain falling down you're outside somewhat and you got a power tool in your hand it's like better than a remote controller i guess for the tv yeah right. Uh, the uh, I'll tell you, you know, I just cannot even imagine 
from your perspective, especially Alex, you were having such a great year, 20 wins, career high, um, the, the huge game in San Jose where it just, honestly, I don't know what it was like to play in that game, but, but for the last two minutes being in the press box, you could hardly, uh, you, know, uh, you know, catch your breath watching it. Um, to have it suddenly where the plug is pulled, how tough has this been for you emotionally? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think for everybody, it's almost like you're still like in shock. You can't believe it's actually like seasons don't end like that. You know, they end with a win or a loss. And lucky if you're lucky, if you're the guy that gets to end with a win. And uh, well, I guess right now we did win our last game. But it's uh, there's never a time where we've had a season where all of a sudden it's like done. You know, it, maybe it happens at the beginning of the year when you go through a lockout and you come in, you start at a weird time, but you don't end. Um and like abruptly everybody's done at the same time. And I mean, yesterday, uh, last night on NBC sports, we were laying in bed and I saw there was a uh, replay. It was like 14, 15, maybe of uh, St. Louis and um, Chicago replay. And just to watch like playoff hockey, you almost get like goosebumps watching replays. And uh, it's just weird without, I mean, obviously this is the best time of year for hockey fans and players. And There's no hockey, uh, the lead up to playoffs, the constant shuffling of the standings and, it's just really goofy how, how it's uh, taking place. But I know we're, as a league, trying real hard to, to, to get back on the ice. I know that. And what would that, what will that entail? I mean, obviously we don't know what, what you know, if, if you guys will even be in it. But, I mean, if all of a sudden they say, all right, we're playing, uh, and here's the format, how tough will it be to kind of reinvent how well you guys were playing two weeks yeah. ago, three oh, weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, that, and- that. That is, uh, you take so many, you look at so many different things. Are they, if you start, can they, you know, click like a computer? Can they copy and paste your schedule into into what you have? So do we go to Philly and then come back and play a back-to-back against Nashville <laughs> at home? Or, you know, does the schedule get twisted in a way where you start, you know, like a lot of people are playing back-to-backs in a short amount of time. And, um, you know, you talk about us playing well, but, our next opponent was Philadelphia and they were probably one of the best teams in the league that we were going to, you know, at the time. And, you know, that could be a break where if you start back up and you go into a playing a Philadelphia team that, you know, thank God they, they, they got to be able to be taken off the ice. And, um, there's just, there's so much to it. It's, uh, thank God I'm not in charge of, of scheduling. And I know the big thing with, with Batman at this point is the big word he's used is the integrity of the league. And, the integrity of the Stanley cup, the history of the Stanley cup, the hundred year history. And it'd be hard to, to, to rush into something, hurry up and then just not be happy with it and, and have not only players, but fans upset and um, they just won't be good. So I think they're just taking their time and trying to do the right thing. And the best thing, honestly, from, from a, you know, perspective of, of also not being with your teammates, that has to also be one of the weirder things here is that you guys were, we're such a tight team, and then all of a sudden to now be essentially isolated from each other, uh, not working out together, not skating together. How how bizarre has that been? You know, you're right. It, it's been uh, it's been a really enjoyable year. Obviously, with how we started out in uh, in Colorado, and I'm saying as the team bonding stuff, and then and then what we went through at the beginning of the year, it wasn't an easy stretch for us. And we didn't get practice time. We were on the road, and we were losing games, and it wasn't fun. But you know, it was, we went from the ultimate team bonding trip to all of a sudden you're losing a lot of games together and we got tested early. And, um, we grinded and grinded our way back to, to give ourselves a chance. We got the 500, then we got in a, a playoff spot. And, um, and then again, we were making another run. And I think it just, 
for a group of guys to go through what we did this year, it pulls everybody closer. And obviously when you're winning games and, and consistently winning games, it makes, makes it a lot easier to be around each other. And at the end, before this kind of thing got, uh, kind of hit the brakes, it was, uh, it was a locker room guys were you were getting there early in the morning. Everybody was excited to see each other and we were looking forward to that next game. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing that, uh, you know, where we were at to now, knowing you're, you're FaceTiming guys, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, it's, uh, you're not going to the locker room, you know, you're not getting under each other's skin that way. It's, uh, calling to check in and how guys are doing, how their kids are doing, making sure everybody's safe. Yeah. The, uh, you know, it, it really was an amazing, uh, last couple months, obviously with the, you know, you have the Zucker trade and the Boudreaux firing, then all of a sudden Dean takes over and you guys just sort of take off from there. Um, watching Kevin Fiala become a star in front of your eyes. Um, was this something that with Fiala, uh, Stalock, that, that Alex said that you r- recognized right off the hop when you first got him that he could be this type of player? Yeah, well, first of all, obviously with the Zucker trade, that's that was a, that was a wake up call for anybody. I mean, the important Zucks has on our te- had on our team here, not only the team but the community. And you know, he was that core group of guys that came up with the Grandlands and the Dumbas and the Coils and Niederriders. That was that group. And um, you know, to lose another one of those and to go to uh, out the door, that kind of wakes guys up. And then and then next with with Bruce, obviously he was. He was a uh, he was a player's coach. Guys guys loved him, and uh, you know he brought a, a sense of humor, and um, you know he was always you could always chuckle with or at him, and uh, and he knew that we we had a good time about it. But when it came down to business, he uh, he got a serious face on, and um, you know he was he was good to play for. And then when that happened, obviously it uh, it was <laughs> that's the ultimate wake up call. And, and Dean came in, and he got his chance that he's been. Uh, you know, vying for time. He's been coaching a lot of different levels and, and uh, guys responded to his, uh, his demeanor. And, you know, that leads to Kevin and, and Kevin and Dean go back. They played, uh, Kevin played for, for Dino in uh, Milwaukee in the American league, um, obviously then moved up to play for Nashville. But, you know, the moment Kevin got here, um, I remember the, he, I think our first game was up in Winnipeg and he was on the power play and he made it, he made a crafty little play on his backhand on the power play. And, and you know, similar to granny and, um, you're like, holy cow, not many guys can make that play. And, uh, you know, he played fast. His hands were fast, and you could tell. And, and, uh, and he, he, he was competitive in a way where he, he was never happy with himself how he played. And he wanted more, and he always wanted more. And, you know, he went into this summer and came back and shedded 15 pounds, and he looked like a machine and um, explosive, explosive as hell and fun to watch. And, you know, it was coming. And I think guys just needed to, you know, tell him, like, you're, you're the guy, you're the star and you need to take over and, and you have the ability. We just want you to, you know, to do it. And, and it came, you know, I think early in the year, we were on that road trip. We had the, the California swing. He was starting to pick it up out there and, and slowly it just elevated. Now I think he's got the confidence that he knows he's an elite player in this league and we depend on him. And when the puck's on a stick, guys want him to go. And, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's, it's probably, I, I've never been through it, believe me, but to become a superstar, it's, uh, you have to, you know, it's, you have to earn it. And, and I guess I don't know the best way to say it, but you don't just come on and, and all of a sudden you demand the puck like a McKinnon who wants a puck all game long. Um, Patrick Kane all game long, he wants a puck and that's Kevin. He's turned into a guy that wants a puck and it's gotta be hard for, for a young guy to come in at 20, 21, 22 years old and say, give me the puck to a 35 year old centerman that's has a thousand points or, that's played in the Stanley cup finals or, you know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's different. And, and Kevin's done, 
you know, he's worked hard and, um, you know, he's, he's playing at a, at a high, high level. We're talking with Alex Daylock, well, goalie that was in the midst of an outstanding season. And, and it's funny. I mean, I wrote that story on you in, in late January, early February, I believe it was, um, where we sat down, you know, for a while uh, to talk about your career growing up here in Minnesota. At one of our going, favorite spots. Yeah, it was an awesome, yeah. awesome sit down at, uh, I think it was the Lake Elmo Inn, right? And, yeah, a little uh, plug. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I mean, Al, the, the lead of that story I still go back to and how ironic it is where we're sitting at this point. But you talking about being such a tormented Minnesota sports fan. <laughs> and oh, and the way that things have ended in your life of being a Minnesota sports fan, being a Twins fan, being a Vikings fan, being a, a Wolves fan, and how much you wanted to be part of a wild team that can go on an unbelievable run. And here it looks like you guys are finally finding yourself. You have a coach that looks like he's you know, very motivated to become the full-time coach. You have a captain who maybe his career is ending that is motivated to bring you somewhere. You have a goaltender like you that's inspired. And then you have a, a, a guy like Fiala playing like a beast, and now all of a sudden we're out. It's just – it's almost like typical Minnesota. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's funny because a lot of – a lot of, you know, stuff like that happens throughout a season, especially you watch teams that go on long runs. You know, weird stuff happens throughout the year. And there's little things that you look back on and say, wow, that could have been the spark or this could have been the spark. And um, there's so much that goes into it. And, uh you know, behind the scenes that people don't even know that that guy that we've been through, that guys have been through, that that we've worked through as a group, and and that's the stuff you appreciate. That's what makes it so special. And to have it taken away like that, obviously, I know the fans that when I run into people, whether I mean, right now it's so limited. If I see them at the gas station or the grocery store, or it, it, like the the other day we just had some fridge drop fridges for a garage dropped off, and and the guy, you know, everybody's saying, God, I hope the season continues. Guys, we're so fun to watch, and that's that's constant. The, the reaction you're getting is talking about how we were so fun to watch at, at the end. And it was fun to, to, to be on that run and, and, you know, make a push and, and hear fans again, be so excited for, for hockey and, and obviously Minnesota hockey and for a chance that, you know, they obviously what people are saying to have a superstar that, you know, was taking over the game. Like Kevin, when the puck was on his stick, he was winning overtime games. He was scoring goals late and, you know, it was just it was just a fun brand of hockey to be a part of, and, and we had such a good feeling. And um, and, and that, I don't think you lose it. You know, when you get this group back together, it's we obviously have our veterans that um, have played thousands of games. I feel like every other week this year we were giving away a silver stick or whatever it may be. And you know, we got our core group of, of middle aged guys that have played a lot of hockey in this league and played a lot of playoff games. And then we got our our youth our youth group who you know they bring the life to the locker room and they, and they drive the locker room with the you know, how, how they show up every day with, you know, whether their personality, whether it's, you know, keeping it light or, you know, the intensity, whatever, every get up, everybody, one of those young guys kind of brings something different and, and it's a unique locker room in that way. And um, I think the day that uh, they, they, they lift the, lift the, uh, whatever you want to say, you know, they, they open the gates for us to, to show up to the rink. I think guys are going to be so excited to be there. And uh, whenever they tell us to start this group, uh, I think we're going to probably have a little bit better start than we did at the beginning of the year, and we're going to know what's on the line. 
Yeah, I can't wait for that. And again, you're listening to uh, Alex Daylock on Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. To subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Uh, tons of articles still, and we'll talk about that in a moment. We have also podcasts galore all over the uh, the site as well. And uh, one of my favorites, uh, I mention it all the time, is Scott Burnside and Pierre Lebrun's two-man advantage. This week they have Donald Fair, the executive director of the NHLPA, who I know has been in touch with the Wild uh, players and Alex Daylock as well. And you mentioned the youth, Alex. And one player I want to ask you about that I just I get a kick out of every time I see you with them is Jordan Greenway. Um, you guys are like the odd couple, you know. He's six six. No. You're, you're, uh, you're the no. goaltender. I'm five. I'm, I'm six feet. <laughs> and uh, generously no, listed didn't. six feet. Um, I but did, it, we did measure actually recently. I am five eleven and a half. <laughs> well, like Our, like all as you age, we all get a little little shorter. Um, all right. But it is funny. I mean, you guys, it seems like you have taken him under his wing. I know in, in San Jose, uh, you guys had dinner at Joe Thornton's house, which I know was a, a huge treat for uh, for Greener because he he grew up such a Joe, Joe Thornton fan. That was nice of you to do that. What What is it about Jordan that uh, that that you've taken to? Because it does seem like you guys, uh, that you really help him along with everyday life, too, Uh you know, I remember you yeah. telling me you were telling me a story about how he didn't you didn't really understand the difference between buying a house and renting a house, stuff like that. Oh uh, yeah, well he yeah he doesn't. I don't think he knows the difference between dish soap and uh, like the <laughs> you know the the dishwasher soap. Um, so we're trying to we're trying as a group to help him with everything, and uh, I think his just his personality is contagious. He uh, he. Anybody, any, you know, he's, he's just, uh, he's funny. He's, uh, he brings the, uh, I'm too tired to do anything, you know, like it's just <laughs> every, everything he does is just, uh, you know, under, uh, under a microscope because I mean, not only because he's six feet, but the way he moves around the locker room and it's just, uh, it's, it's fun, fun to watch, but he, I think guys really are starting to figure him out and, uh, you know, that he does care. And we talk about that California trip and what a, what a trip it was for him. I know. Yeah. Obviously we got to go to dinner with, uh, go over to Joe's house for dinner, but I know also one of his favorite players in the league is, uh, Ryan Getzlaff and he goes and <laughs> he goes and fights him. And then, uh, and then, uh, you know, in LA, he gets to watch Hansi Kopitar, which I know he loves watching him. So it's funny. It was quite the California swing for him. And, um, but that, that's the type of kid he is. He's, he's a player that wants the puck as well. We talk about Kevin wanting the puck all the time, but you know, Greener's a guy that, he, with his size when he gets the puck he's so hard to get off the puck and and he's i know i a lot of wild fans and, and whoever else it may be are wanting greener to shoot the puck more but it's just his personality and his makeup and i mean he talked about going to dinner at joe's and that's the same way joe is is he'd much rather set somebody up and he's just as happy or if not happier getting an assist than he is scoring a goal and it says a lot about a person's personality and um you know he uh he really enjoys watching other people succeed. And, you know, I think he's starting to see that, uh, how, how uh, impactful he can be on our team. And, um, you know, he's done a great job here down the stretch and he's made, uh, you know, he's made big plays for us. He's, uh, actually scored some timely goals and, and he's dropping the gloves with, uh, <laughs> captain ca- captains, other teams. So it's, uh, it goes a long way with our group. And it, it's funny because uh, you have all season long, every time I shoot the breeze with you, you you kind of say to me, you know, I just wish Greener would just realize how good he could be. He could be one of the best players in this league. And then you watch him mm-hmm. score that one goal in Detroit, Alex, where he throws off five different guys. 
um, you know, almost like a, a running back going through the going through a hole and and just scores that unbelievable goal as well. Yeah, and, and uh, we have to we have to knock him down a few pegs every now <laughs> and then too because he he talks about uh, you know he could play every profession at an elite sport. He could kick <laughs> field, he could kick ten field goals. He go ten for ten from forty yards as a field goal kicker. He could get in the octagon and and, and fight this guy if he had two weeks of training. <laughs> no, but it, and then he scores that goal in Detroit where guys are coming up to try to contain him and he just pushes him away and then you know scores from a uh, an outside angle short side and. Uh, you know, he shoots a puck 100 miles an hour, and I tell him, like, you, you get that off quicker, you're going to score a lot of goals in this league. But he wants to pass, and he wants to set guys up, and that's what he does. And, um, no, I we have a lot of fun, and he FaceTimes me, you know, every day, if not once, twice. And um, he usually has his uh, his Fortnite headset on, too. So <laughs> if I can talk talk through that, we talk a little bit, and then it usually just ends with, all right, let me call you later. I got something to do. But <laughs> Does but, he uh, – uh, no, that's funny. Do you do you uh, do you play video games at all? Somebody asked me. I got a ton of Twitter questions for you, but somebody did ask me if you play I, NHL I twenty. Bought, I just bought uh, Xbox for our boy, like literally three days before, kind of like with the league shut down and our shut down, and kind of when we just hung out at home. Just I was like, he he loves hockey so much. He loves the NHL. He loves like watching NHL Network and saying, "Is that this guy? Is that this guy?" And I'm like, "You would he'd like playing NHL twenty twenty." So. We got an Xbox, we got them set up, and we just actually, was it last night? I think last night we won our first Stanley Cup. Wow. And, uh, yeah, he's gotten good. We play a lot. We play a lot of hockey at night. And Does he, so uh, no, is, is his team the Minnesota Wild or? or... Uh, no, I hate to say it. It wasn't in his first season. Our second season, we are the Wild. And I don't know why. I, he picked the Dallas Stars the first <laughs> season, and I asked why. We asked why the other day, and he said, because I like number three. And I was like, Klingberg? because of Klingberg? Klingberg? He goes, no, no, I just like the number three. But I actually, he has a shirt my wife got him for his third birthday he wore. It was a green shirt with a huge number three on it, but it was a Charlie Coyle shirt. So I think <laughs> that's his uh, that's his reasoning for liking the number three and saying that. But That's hilarious. So now this next season we're starting is the Wild. and um, So yeah, now so the big cool. question is, uh, does he does he start Stalock or Dubnik in goal? He's just, I'm just going to tell him to let it roll. <laughs> <laughs> There's the, uh, but, uh, no, he, he's more about, uh, scoring, which is really good. He doesn't care about the goalie, which is hopefully what I'm having him lean towards. That's hilarious. He's, is it, is like, and this is going to show you how I don't know. I mean, is NHL 20, does it allow you to kind of set the, the powers, so to, so to speak, of the players and things you like could, that? You could, you, you could, yeah. I think you could build your own, at least even when I was playing, you could build your own, uh, build your own player but he hasn't i mean obviously he hasn't done any of that yet or anything so he could build, um, build himself like a superstar alex daylock in that before but i'd put him right at forward <laughs> build, the, then, build the ultimate forward or defenseman um and we're talking about simon is uh his oldest child uh which that was to me still my favorite part of the story was you talking about how at home uh that that essentially you are the PA announcer when when uh, he comes out to play knee hockey with you. So you announce the starting lineup. The guys like Dumba, guys like Greenway, his two favorite players. Uh, yeah. Then Simon Stela coming out, and then he'll like run out there and do a lot of the stretches that you do when you're starting in goal. Yeah, he, he goes on the floor and he doesn't let us start until he's uh, he's done with that because he usually makes it about ten minutes at our game. So he sees. <laughs> He sees when I go in the corner and do that stretch or whatever, and um, yeah, he he pays attention. I know that because in warmups he'll uh, 
I'll skate by and he won't even look at me. He'll be staring at like dumbs or someone stick out on a puck watching what they do. And all of a sudden we're in the basement, like two days later, I'm like, he's putting the puck between his legs. I was like, where, what do you, what do you, where did you see that? I saw this guy do that. And I was like, all right. And, uh, but he, he, he loves it. He pays attention real close. And, um, yeah, it's fun. To, it's fun to watch. And there's no pressure. I throw a baseball bat in his hand or he has a little four wheeler that he drives around the yard. And, um, Whatever he wants to do, it's uh, it's up to him. But uh, there's no no pressure, definitely in hockey. But he uh, he likes everything that goes into it, other than when it's time to play the game. He likes me hitting the strobe lights. He likes running out. He likes doing a stretch. But then as soon as it's time to play, he's like, let's do something different. One of my favorite so, parts of that uh, dinner when when uh, you and I were at Lake Elmo Inn was your family showed up at the end, and uh, Simon came out there, and you guys were telling the story where Simon will will sit there and essentially talk smack to you. Like ask you about the amount of goals that you gave up in a game and things oh, like that. Oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially when we're on the road, because him and my wife will usually stay up in bed and watch the games as long as we're not usually in like Cali or something. And uh, all the next morning he'll come down, and wake me up, and be like, "Dad, you gave up six goals last night." <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know I did. Thank you. And uh, we'll say this guy scored and this guy scored, and, or <laughs> yeah, he's it's always, he's always got a humbling comment. So it's. Uh, it's nice it does, to have that. It does keep you, uh, keep you, keep you humble. And and by the way, if you don't know, so uh, Alex's daughter is Selena, but his his wife Felicia was a star hockey player both in high school at South St. Paul, um, uh, where she was a Ms. Hockey finalist, and also she was at St. Cloud State as well as a. Uh, and she, I, I just can't believe the numbers that she put up there, both in college and high school. By the way, right? Academically, academically, she couldn't get into UMD. I think was the issue. <laughs> Uh, that is funny. Uh, just one more question, and then I do want to throw some uh, Twitter questions at you. Um, another player that you have a funny relationship with is Miko Koivu. Um, I, I just always, I mean, I you guys have. I wouldn't say, fun. I wouldn't yeah, say it's, funny. It's like the, it's, yeah, like sometimes you don't know if it's serious or not. It seems like the most sarcastic, right. but that's how I am with him. Like there are times where right. he's all over me and I don't know, or like, are you being serious right now or not? But I mean, I, even just the last couple of games, like we're in Detroit and you had, you were this just had an unbelievable game in Detroit and he like starts giving you crap uh, because he had to like walk by all your equipment as, uh, as yeah, he had to get, yeah, to, yeah, get yeah. to the changing room while you're doing your interviews yeah. with media. And then uh, same thing the next night in Columbus, uh, you guys are like, as you're about to do your press scrum, you're like, you guys are talking smack to each other, and then all of a sudden you open your press cr- scrum. You know, basically, uh, I-, I wish I could almost play it for for readers, but you basically started saying that it was that you basically followed Miko's lead as a team, and uh, and wound up uh, really just uh, you know <laughs> him leading you guys to victory and t- stuff like that, but really loud and sarcastic, so the whole room could hear it. Well, yeah, I mean, coming from him, a guy that has his gear sprawled out around, right in front of his <laughs> stall. Um, I got one piece of equipment laying out and all of a sudden it's the end of the world. And he's got to, he's got to really exaggerate lifting his leg over and how bad it hurts. Um, yeah, no, I, I put, if I put a piece of gear like in front of my stall after a game, you know, like you, you got to pack your bag anyway. And, uh, <laughs> so I try to throw my chest protector on the ground or whatever it may be. And if he has to, Oh, if, if he has to go seven feet out of his way to walk over it, he he will. If he has to go 20 feet out of his way to get to the shower, he'll walk over it just to be sure that I see that he had to lift his leg to get over it. Yeah. Um, but uh, if he sees that, like, I'm one of the last ones packing my gear up and the media is waiting to talk to me, oh, does he get uh, 
<laughs> he loves that. So he, well, is he ready yet? Let him get his shirt on. And if he, and then he'll run and grab a towel out of the shower so he can get me a full size towel. <laughs> yeah. He gets a kick out of that. But as soon as I start bringing his name up in an interview, he takes sure he gets out of there in a hurry. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it is funny. I mean, the one in Detroit was like, he was like exaggeratedly telling all of us. He like looks at me straight in the eyes. Like he goes, be careful here. You know, I don't want you to get hurt walking over or walking by all this. Yeah, oh, so, oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh, oh, a yeah. typical Nico. Yeah, he thinks it's pretty. Thinks it's pretty funny. Yep. And you, you I mean, just as you as you joked, uh, the day this all ended. I mean, thirty seven years old, and then all of a sudden the league stops. It wasn't a shock. Everybody, the world stopped <laughs> for, for for Miko. That's what we said. It was his birthday, and all of a sudden the world stops. We were at the rink that day, and we were just getting ready to go up for pregame skate. And uh, sure enough, they walked through the locker room, and kind of say, "Hey, you guys got to go home." We didn't know if they were serious, you know, and. Um, Sure enough, they were, and um, guys headed home kind of like, well, what do you do now? Do we go eat pregame meal or what? Because at the time they told us, you know, there's still a chance we could play with no fans and blah, blah, blah. And slowly throughout the day, you got a new message every time. And it was, uh, by the end of the day, it was no game. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was such a weird feeling. Like we talked about earlier, it's like, you just can't stop playing hockey right now. Yeah, yeah. It's just unreal. Could you imagine if this is the way that Miko's career ends? No, I, I hope. I mean, that's one of the reasons I hope this starts up. You know what I mean? I like we got what thirteen games left. We're point out of it, and we got you know a game in hand or whatever it may be on some of the teams that we're fighting against. And it's uh, it's it's uh, it'd be too bad if that's the way that you know like and in in whether it's next you know we start up next year to. His knees feeling better. His body's feeling better. You know, where's he at too physically? And, and mm-hmm. the competitor that he is, I know, uh, you know, he's going to want to play as long as he can. And, um, you know, it's uh, hopefully that's I hope hopefully Anaheim's not his last game. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, just want to uh, I have a ton of Twitter questions for you that I want to just breeze through here, uh, Alex. But uh, I did yeah, want to no just worries. take uh, take a minute to tell people about the athletic. Uh, you know, tournaments have been canceled and leagues are suspended and there hasn't been a live game on TV um, in what feels like a year, there's no better reminder of how important sports are in all of our lives than to take them completely away from us. Uh, but the Athletic's still home to 400 of the best sports writers out there. And these very strange, very uncertain times, we are still at hard at work coming up with uh, excellent reporting, great story ideas, and, uh, and an ability to tell unique, engaging, informative stories. Uh, there was uh, an incredible one on the situation between Todd Gurley and the Rams and how that was beyond repair on how minor league baseball players are getting financial support from their big league counterparts. Um, Down Goes Brown wrote today about uh, rank, he ranked every hat trick, Alex, in the NHL. Um, we talked about uh, we had a story the other day talking about really suddenly how the social distancing has affected poker. Uh, tomorrow in the Athletic uh, on Thursday, we have uh, the Minnesota Hall of Fame story coming out where fans uh, voted on uh, who should be in the Hall of Fame. Alex was we have t- the top twenty-five. Alex, you were twenty-sixth, so I uh, Ooh, yeah just that missed. Like my, it was like my rookie year in the NHL when I played one game. <laughs> I tell the guys I finished fourth in the Vesna that year <laughs> and fourth in the Calder. Um, but yeah. it's it's during times like this that the Athletic can help keep you connected to the teams, the athletes, and the sports you love. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets the Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Games aren't being played right now, but the stories that draw us all the sports, they those don't go away. So go to the athletic.com slash straight from the source for 40% off an annual subscription. Remember this will end at some point and uh, you'll want to be part of the athletic because there will be incredible stories. 
Um, Alex, ton of ton of questions from you. Um, let me let me go yeah, to some of them here. Um, Joe Orr asks, um, which non-goalie teammate could strap on the goalie equipment and be the least likely to make an ass out of themselves? Jerry Spurgeon, easy. That guy makes. Uh, I always tell him before we go on the ice, I say, I need a save or two out of you tonight, <laughs> and uh, he usually does. Uh, you know, I'll be uh, my usual self. I'll be out of a play and a little over aggressive, and the rebound goes over here, and all of a sudden you see Jerry sliding across pad stack and making a save. And um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of the the joke that uh, every night I say I need one out of you tonight, or at least one or two. So uh, I'd put Spurgeon in the pads, obviously. A lot of people aren't going to like his 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 size, but uh, little guys still can play goalie. Well, isn't it funny? I mean, your last home game, Alex, uh, against Nashville, I believe it was. You had the 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 hero of the helmet. The excuse me, the helmet hero of the game uh, from the I think it was the previous win in Columbus, and you gave it to Spurgeon, and he wasn't even in the locker room because he was getting repaired because he threw his his yeah. head in front of a puck. Yeah, with like thirty seconds left, there was a one timer from like five feet in front of the crease and uh, I don't even know where the puck went and I'm looking around I'm like what did that even hit because it didn't hit me and I see Spurge right there face first I'm like you gotta be kidding me and yeah sure enough he put his face right in front of a one-timer from about five feet away I don't know it might have been granny too but uh yeah he, he that, that that guy does uh whatever it takes every night yeah and it, it was uh, I'm pretty sure it was granny so uh, yeah uh, I think it was so that uh, made it a little better um, Brett Marshall asks, um, how do you stay fresh and ready to go on the bench for the games that Dubnik starts? The, obviously, most rinks, I'd say like 90, 90 to 95% of rinks, you're lucky enough to sit on the bench and you're sitting front row, you're right on the ice and you're, you're hearing the chirping, you're hearing guys come off the ice and you're basically playing in the game with your, with your mind, you know, your brain's into it. You're going through every play. And even when the other team has a puck in the zone, you're, you're, you're mentally going through the whole game. The only part is physically you're not, you're not in it. And, uh, you know, I think that makes it a little bit easier to get into all of a sudden your name gets called, whether it's for injury or, you know, for to slow down the other team and get a break and get a kind of an easy way to call a timeout and a, and a change. And, um, you know, mentally, you're already in the game. Now the tough part is physically. You got to loosen up and be ready to go. And uh, it's uh, sometimes it's it's tough depending on the setting. But uh, you know, other times, whether it's an injury or it's still a close game, and and that's when uh, you know the mind's really into it. And um, it's uh, it can it just can be so different. Every situation, I feel like when you go into the middle of the game, is so different. Um, Tony DeRose asks, uh, where is the best walleye fishing on the Saint Croix in the spring? I can't give that away. My brother, <laughs> my brother, my, my, my brother-in-law would kill me. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it, tons... it's self, I'll tell him it's self in 94. <laughs> uh, south, like Treasure Island South or? Uh, no, or, no, 90, okay. 90, south of 94, the 94 bridge. Oh, okay, I got you. But All yeah, right. that could be Treasure Island. But yeah, I know. Right. There. Yep. Uh, Ton Squad asks, um, what it, was it like to play in the WCHA when they actually had rivalries? That's a great Minnesota sarcastic <laughs> question. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, it was, I mean, we still talk about it. I mean, it's funny. That's what you say, what it was like. And uh, it's sad that you have to say that. But um, obviously, with uh, when we got uh, shut down there and college hockey got shut down too sadly it was yeah. uh it was kind of the time they start ramping it up too and it would have been fun to see if umd could you know make another run but uh yeah the rivalry thing is uh i mean they still play they'll do uh out of division or out of conference games i guess you call it and 
but I just, it's just, you look and uh, I mean, more I see just being here as Mariucci and it's, uh, it's not what it used to be. Um, I remember going as a kid and that, but you know, you, it, it was completely full. And even when we go there, I mean, it was pretty full, uh, you know, almost, almost a sellout when, when we go down there and, and now you look at games and sometimes there's a thousand, 2000 fans there. And, uh, I know they talk about the TV deal, but it's, uh, I feel bad for the, for the kids and the players that don't get to experience what the real college atmosphere is all about. And, uh, you know, at the time when I was in the WCHA, and it's, uh, I hate always the, well, when I was doing this or back when I was doing that. Um, <laughs> but honestly, it, you know, it was 10, 10 12 years ago, it, every building was sold out in the WCHA, other than maybe Alaska Anchorage, just the way it was. But um, it was every building you went into, you knew it was going to be a ton of fun. And, and, and that's not like what it's like anymore. I know I'm watching games. So. Um, Keith Landgrieb asks, um, as a born and bred Minnesotan, uh, is Minnie the acceptable way to refer to Minneapolis in, or Minnesota? Um, yeah, I guess a lot of people do call it Minnie. Are you, are you from Minnie? You must be from Minnie. And uh, I think when they say that, it's more Minnesota than Minneapolis. I think it seems like when uh, people refer to it, when they call it Minnie. So I think it's more of a Minnesota thing. And I, I actually think a lot of people from out of state say it because I think people from Minna, many, I should say now is uh, they refer, they, they talk about what city they're from. If you're from many, you talk about what city you're from. And if you're from out of state, I think people will just generalize and say, Oh, you must be from many. And uh, that's kind of the difference. We take pride in every little community, every little city and every team you played for in high school or youth community growing up. And, um, you know, I think people from, other states don't really understand how important the Minnesota high school hockey tournament is to us. And, and not only the high school tournament, but, you know, youth tournaments, the Bantam, double-A Bantam tournaments now, and, um, you know, the double-A Pee tournaments are getting so big. Youth hockey is just growing into just insane amount of popularity. And um, That's actually, uh, Alex, that's a perfect segue for the next question from Jonathan Oliver. And we're talking with Alex Daylock, who had 20 wins for the Wild this year, uh, hopefully on his way to uh, 33. Um, the, uh, what age did, uh, you really start taking your position seriously? Do you have any advice for youth goalies? Say, say that again. Some, um, I heard you from position serious. Uh, yeah. What, position. uh, what age did, uh, did you really start taking oh, okay, the, yeah. the position seriously? And do you have any advice for youth goalies? Um, I don't know if I've still taken it seriously. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, uh, uh, on a serious probably about Bantams. I, uh, squirts. I was lucky enough to play out, play forward every other game and, uh, in South St. Paul in the organization. Um, whether it was due to numbers or whatever it may be. And in Pewies, I still actually skated out quite a bit too. And, uh, well, Bantams was about the time where they said, all right, you gotta, you gotta decide if, what you're going to do. And I was like, well, you might as well play goalie. And, um, you get to play a lot more. You're on the ice the whole time. And I think, uh, made my decision in Bantams and um, hopefully made the right decision. But I know I did really love going to the rink and playing forward. And man, I had a t- ton of fun skating out. And I think uh, any advice to any young goalies that uh, are deciding when to, to make full time, I think the longest you can play forward and work on your skating and your athletic ability. And, and not only that, but learn how to read plays and, um, 
not just from sitting back in the crease and watching all the plays develop from back there, but being a part of them and playing forward or playing defense and seeing how the position works. You know, I think that goes a long way into learn, learn how to understand the game itself. Um, by the way, if you didn't read that Alex Daylock uh, story that I wrote in early February that ran on February 4th, and the, the headline was The Adventures of Alex Daylock, Suffering Fan, Acrobatic Goalie, um, and Hockey Dad. And, and a big part of that story is uh, your style and how, uh, you know, how fun you do make it. Uh, I know that your wife says sometimes that she's having a heart attack watching you uh, play and doesn't know if she can handle if Simon wants to play goal as well. But, but I mean, you do make it fun, Alex. There's no doubt about it. Oh yeah, I uh, I know I don't make it fun of my family, <laughs> but uh, I think that's the only way. I just say you know that's it makes it makes it fun for me. I know a lot of times, uh, whether it be coaches or whoever it may be, now when I'm skating out to the bench making a play with the puck, they might uh, not be the biggest <laughs> fans of that. But but honestly, it keeps it keeps me in the game, and it uh, it it makes uh it makes me more involved and i think the more when i'm more involved the uh the more you're not just sitting back there thinking about oh i wonder what the next shot's going to be like or i wonder what the next play i wonder if the next shot if they're going to be on the power play you know you you're just always in the game and i think for players that's you're always reading and reacting reading and reacting for goalies it's so different you're you're not um mm-hmm. Sometimes a play can come in your zone and the puck's in your zone for a minute. You don't even get a shot. You're just watching the puck, watching the puck. Nothing comes to you. and like, all right, well, that's gone. You know, and where forwards, you're always involved. You can get in there, you get a touch, you can make contact, or you're somehow you're always in the game. And and for me, so every time I can handle the puck or, um, you know, help out in that way, it makes me feel like I'm involved in the game and I stay with it and um, makes it easier to stay involved the whole game. The uh, fifth game of the season this year was in Ottawa, and that's still the best one. Was where you skated all the way to the blue line and fired the puck into your own bench and almost hit Tony DeCosta. Um, I, you was... know, I've seen I've seen suits do that like since I've been here probably forty times. Where <laughs> you know he's he's skating back to get a puck and a guy's on his hip and he just chips it into the bench and end of the play. You know, and he's so calm about it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm skating out there. I'm like, this guy, if he beats me, he's going to score. And if not, I'm just going to chip into the bench. And like, you can't do that on purpose. I said, I didn't do it on purpose. It flipped up on me. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you watch a guy do that, the, uh, you know, over and over. It's like, uh, you learn, you learn from him and it works and he gets away with it. So I was like, well, why not try it? And then sure enough, it almost hit Tony DaCosta, our equipment manager. And you trying to hit me, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Trevor uh, asks, uh, what's behind the Bruce Springsteen mass? That's a great question. Uh, I just love the boss. I grew up, uh, <laughs> my mom and my mom and dad always had him on around the house. And and then obviously uh, early years, like juniors in the USHL, you spend a lot of time on the roads. And um, the original iPad or the iPod and <laughs> where you spin the circle and um, – <laughs> You know, I think I had every Springsteen uh, album on there. I had every Springsteen album on there, and um, you just listen to him and kind of fall asleep to him or whatever it was, and he got you through some of those long drives, and it was uh, enjoyable. And now I just uh, get older, you kind of enjoy his music, and actually he's got a meaning to his songs, and it's uh, one of my favorite artists, that's for sure. That's awesome. Uh, Jacob Cost asks, uh, who scores on uh, Alex the most in practice? Oh God! 
how do I answer this? <laughs> it's never going to be right. Um, no, but I think, uh, you know, Stalzy Stalzy's got a, uh, a good release and, um, obviously scored a lot of goals in this league, but he, uh, he shoots a puck in a way where he can be deceptive and he's, uh, there's times he's hard to stop and, um, you know, he knows how to score goals. He's played in the league a long time and it's, uh, it's a challenge to, to face him every day. Um, here's a great one from uh, a guy named Joe O'Donnell, Wild Joe Radio. Uh, please ask. I can't, Alan. I can't answer. I can't answer this. <laughs> Did you see it? No, Did see I didn't. It? Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go All right. Ahead. It's a it's a John Torchetti question. Okay. Please ask oh, him God. why. Let me ask Bubba. <laughs> yeah, he goes. Please ask him why he couldn't stand being called Bubba when he was in Iowa. <laughs> I got to Iowa and all of a sudden this whole locker room, they're all calling each other Bubba. And I'm like, what is going on here? I've never heard a bunch of guys call each other Bubba. You know, and I'd be like, oh, Joel, what time's the flight tomorrow? He's like, oh, it'd be like 8 a.m. Bubba. You good, Bubba? And I was like, quit calling me Bubba. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just I, – I couldn't believe a whole locker room of like 23 guys were calling each other Bubba. And I was like, can you call me something else, please? <laughs> Joel. Oh, poor Joel. The funniest thing is Sam Annis liked the tweet, so it was clearly a big – they must be bored down in Iowa right now. So, uh, um, yeah. A couple of similar well, questions. Poor, What's too that? Too bad for them. It's too I bad know. for Sam. Sam, like they're having a Leading the league year, in scoring. You know? Yeah. I mean, poor well, guy. I mean, yeah. yeah. Not only him, but their whole th- – I mean, just yeah. – yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, they uh, they definitely hopefully still have a chance to win a cup. Uh, Jonah um, Jonah and uh, Danny Sussman are, are asking me about your style. Uh, one asks, what's it like being an offensive goalie, which I just find it's funny because we know that you're going to score a goal one day in this <laughs> that's, league. That's, that's uh, the only thing that they'll remember me in the record books. <laughs> but Danny Sussman asks, um, you know, what, what has the trapezoid done to your career? Because I can only imagine how active you'd be if you were allowed to play the puck everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um... Offensive goalie, I say that to a few guys, especially because the beauty league, um, <laughs> the summer league. But, uh, you know, I think if you ask different people, I go back to my goalie coach I had in San Jose, Wayne Thomas. And, uh, you know, he always told me less is more. And I never I never understood. I'm like, come on, I want to do, do way more. <laughs> and uh, but it, it's honestly it's probably helped me. The guys are so fast now and so smart. Even when you go back to the trapezoid, I think I have so much time, and all of a sudden this guy's on you, and their sticks are so good. You try to make a sauce pass, and all of a sudden this guy knocks it down. I remember to Chicago, well, I think it was might have been last year or two years ago. I went out to the top of circles and played one. I played it midair, and I think it was Brendan Saad knocked it right out of midair and went down and scored. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, like, <laughs> you know. And um, but it's it's obviously it saved a lot of heart attacks on my family, and um, it's saved uh saved me i'm sure a lot of times and you you don't get the rove to the corner as much like i did in college where you hurry up and get get to the corner and get the puck and all of a sudden you have a lot more time and um you know you save a lot a lot of wear and tear in your d-man too i feel like when uh, they're not taking the constant pounding into the corner and over and over a team's chipping a puck and they're getting hit from behind right in the glass um but when it comes to plays that are going to cause more scoring I don't know if I agree or disagree with it because I think if you get goalies that are skating in the corners to try to play pucks that aren't necessarily as comfortable, I think they could get in trouble. But uh, I think it simplified my puck handling to answer the question. But at the same time, I wouldn't mind seeing that being lifted um, at some point. 
Um, cu- couple more questions for uh, Alex. Uh, and again, you're listening to the Straight from the Source to subscribe to the Athletic, theathletic.com/slash Straight from the Source. Before I ask those questions, Alex, you you mentioned um, you know your family. Um, you know your your parents, Cindy and Brian. I I know they live and work in downtown Minneapolis, and and then your brother Nick owns uh, a CrossFit studio. So I've got to imagine, just like the rest of the world, uh, they've been severely affected by what's going on with the coronavirus too. I know, obviously, your brother's studio has got to be closed as well. Yeah. So my parents, they're both working from home now. They're millennials. Um, they don't <laughs> like when I say that to them, but they're, uh, they're at home. They got, uh, they've sent a picture of their at home desk. Sorry in the background. If you can hear Simon just came down and turned on his Xbox. So he's playing this season. It looks like you just scored and saying, yelling, let's go. But, um, yeah, my mom and dad are both at home now and they sent over a picture of their desk and, uh, desks, I guess, plural, but, uh, they're uh, they're at home and uh, they're running to the local grocery store when they need something. I know the other night we just got a picture of my dad. They found toilet paper, so they were celebrating on the way back. And um, happy about that. And then uh, yeah, my brother, their uh, his studio's closed down for a little bit, but I think uh, last time he was over here a little while ago and uh, he brought the kids over and they were just hanging out for a bit, maybe a week or whatever it might have been go. But he had his computer open. And he was setting up. Uh, they're doing online CrossFit courses now so he let okay he let uh let him go in and take weights and uh and then they'll go home and he'll walk them through workouts they can do at home so that's what they're doing in the time being and i know he's hoping obviously to only last a month just like us in the hockey community but everybody's hope, hoping for the shortest uh length of this shutdown and um and then uh you know hopefully he can get back in the studio let me just ask you a couple more uh breeze through a couple of questions from uh from uh, Nicholas Lentz and, and also Joey Larrabee, who was your, uh, did you have an inspiration for your style of play as a goalie? And Nicholas Lentz asks, uh, if you still get up to Duluth and watch UMD. Uh, you know, my style, I've always watched Marty Brodeur. Um, loved watching him play. Uh, he played the puck a ton and he had an old school style about him. He'd go one D down or he, you know, he'd pad stack or, he'd make saves that the, the average goalie wouldn't make. And he, he was athletic and made the game fun to watch. And uh, not always can you watch a goalie and be like, well, it was fun to watch him, you know? And, and I think I got that out of Marty Berger. Um, and as far as getting up to Duluth to watch a game, obviously I wish I could a lot more. And uh, we have not been able to get up, obviously, in the new rink. My parents have been up there a few times. They go up and meet old teammates, uh, parents up there for games or um, family that, uh, players of family that are from Hermantown Duluth area and they'll meet them at games. But, uh, we have not been able to make it back up, which is, which is too bad, but obviously our seasons kind of coincided with each other and it's, uh, it's just not, uh, easy to, to fly up there on a Friday night, catch a game and get back. Right. Right. Um, just, uh, this must be from somebody that knows you, uh, Patrick Griswold asked if you could describe your first goal in single A Bantams. God, yes. Of course, he wrote right in. Um, <laughs> the first goal it was my only goal as a goalie. I uh, I think it was against I think it was against Richfield that uh, it was at uh, Wakoda. Well, Doug Wugarina now, but uh, I I wish I had video of it. I honestly can't remember, but I, I remember scoring, and I don't remember how the play developed, but somehow I'm sure they might have dumped it in right on me, and. I got lucky and had a had a seam up the middle and and went for it and got it. But uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. You could go back and think about scoring. I remember 
I had a chance against Jersey actually two years ago, maybe now Yep. in Jersey and uh shot out the middle and, and you look at the video and Zach's already turned around and celebrated. And then Eddie Lack came back off the bench and dove across with his paddle. Like, I remember that. On, really? And, oh, uh, oh, yeah. The other funny thing is in Florida this year when Capo Kakinen went for the empty net and how oh, yeah, everybody yeah. in the bench started like almost taunting you during it. So, yeah, he, he shoots it and they like right up the middle where I think we were up. What were we up one at the time? Yes. That was yeah, the funniest we thing one. about it is that yeah. Bruce probably had a heart attack. Oh, and then he comes over and he's like, it was the, it was the only lane I had. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I like that you said that because I might start using that from now on. <laughs> it, it was all I had. Yeah. And you then know, it's picked and, off uh, and tying goal. And next thing you know, it's the only lane I had. So Yeah, exactly. Um, but it three, was, uh, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Three more quick ones. Uh, one is uh, the funniest yeah. guy you've ever played with. Oh, funnier than man. you. Probably, oh, probably Tyler Ennis. Really? I, I mean, I think so. I, he's, I mean, Joe is obvious. Joe Thornton's up there. Tyler, I mean, Tyler Ennis is, is hilarious. He is, uh, <laughs> he is something else. Um, my God, you think back on, I'm trying to think back on, but yeah, I think those, obviously, Joe's, I mean, you know, Brent Burns. Brent Burns is, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's a different funny, and um, but uh, I play who's with a guy the, in the American League. I play a guy that? with American League in, in Worcester, uh, uh, Senna Akalatse, who actually plays over in Germany now. He was uh, <laughs> he was up there too, but yeah. uh, you know, you play with guys. You play with guys every all the time that uh, make you laugh for different reasons. And uh, but yeah, Tyler Ennis for sure. He was. Uh, we can sit on the phone for, I mean, I think it was just the other night we sat on the, he's like, I just need it for, he told me right away. He's like, I think I was on speaker and Felicia was like, there. He's like, Felicia, I just need Al for five minutes. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, it was like an hour later. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, by the way, who's the most underrated player that you've ever played with? I mean, Spurge has got to be up there, but you know, another guy that I watched the other night when we were, well, well not the other night, but when we were in San Jose that, I think it's hilarious that I consider him underrated because he, because who has more playoff goals than this guy in the last five, six, seven, eight years, but, uh, but uh, Logan Couture. Oh, I know. It's crazy. I, I, I don't know why he's not rated, you know, I guess I don't know why he's considered underrated. He does every, he does everything. And the, and the poor guy, he, uh, he does, and he's hurt. He's, you know, he gets hurt a lot because not, not I'm not saying he's, he, he's blocking shots or, you know what I mean? He, He's every time I talk to him is his foot. He's got a broken foot or something. And, you know, he's, he's trying to do everything he can for the team. And I still remember this day, like uh, when we played LA in playoffs and yeah, what year was that? They ended up beating us in seven, but uh, I remember Daryl Sutter going through the, uh, the line and, and telling Logan, like, I don't know if I was in front or behind Logan or however it worked, but I remember Daryl telling Logan, like, you're going to win one of these. And uh, I was like, holy cow, that's pretty cool. And and you know that, the way that Logan leaves it on the ice every night in his regular season, obviously that's why he's wearing the captain out there. And um, the way he plays the game is is a, a way a lot of guys should watch and follow. You know, it's uh, he wins draws, he plays defensive hockey, and he wants, uh, he wants everybody to succeed. It's never about Logan. And, um, you know, obviously with him wearing the C out there, hopefully uh, – you know, it's uh, it goes a long way, and he could be the guy that could hopefully bring uh, success out there to them. 
Uh, two more quickies, and then I'll let you go play with Simon, I promise. Uh, uh, Taylor asks, uh, do you have a favorite team moment or win from this season? Oh, man. That's um, hard to there's come a up lot. with. There, there, there is a lot, yeah. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think big wins that we came came back on the road. or uh, I think there's just been different segments throughout the year, I guess you could say. Not a single game because there hasn't uh, – there hasn't been one game that's really stuck out and been like that is the turning point. But I think there's been segments. Obviously, you got to look earlier in the year to when we stopped the bleeding um, from from where we started um, to get us back in contention. I think you look at the the time of the season where we did get back to 500, mm-hmm. um, which was huge for us um, because if you're the way you started that season can get long in a hurry, and uh, for us not to let it get that way, and then I think. Uh, you know, this last little stretch we've been through has been, uh, I don't know if it's, you want the words magical, but it's been uh, such a fun part to be a, a part of. And it's just been a different a different atmosphere around the locker room as far as looseness and, and guys just having fun and, and being loud and enjoying what we're doing. And, and it's rolling over into the games. And uh, so I'm hoping that we can get back to yeah. – uh, get back to that and hopefully I can uh, answer that question and say our most memorable game was game 82 and yeah. uh, got us into the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, what do you think your best game was like that? That's that game in San Jose. Um, just your last victory. I mean, you at 40 saves that game. I know. I think you gave up three or four goals, but that game in Tampa also earlier this season, that was an unbelievable finish as well. Um, yeah. You know, I, I go back and watch video on games and um, yeah, the San Jose games one day obviously feel good. There's it's so funny as a goalie because some games you feel so good um, physically, mentally, you're into it. You drive into the rink and you're like, well, you know, tonight's going to be I I can't wait to get there tonight and play. And, and uh, you know, you go through a long season, you get different feelings for every game. Sometimes you're, you're tired, you're worn out, you can do a city late and uh, whatever it may be. And it's funny you brought up those two games. Cause obviously in the San Jose game, I felt great. And, um, playing against old teammates, I was just loose. They kept skating by the crease and saying stuff, and you're kind of laughing and and whatnot. And um, but then in that Tampa game, I remember after that game, I remember sitting there and I was just like my my feet, everything felt terrible. Like uh, I was a step behind every time, and they'd shoot the puck. I felt like it was mid shuffle. I was never set, and uh, it honestly came down to the last save that night. And um, you know, got lucky that uh, we kept them to the outside and. Um, you know, they got some lethal guys with the puck. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, to me, you're the most accountable goalie I've ever uh, interviewed. But I actually remember at the end of that game, I mean, you were so good at the last couple minutes. But, man, you, after the game, you ripped yourself to shreds saying, you yeah, know, I, 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 I remember oh. you saying that you basically thanked, uh, you know, guys like Matt Zuccarello for for uh, for helping you win that game, you know. Yeah, there it was uh, it was one game I remember going back and you watch a tape and I just – Getting on the bus, I, I remember being lucky that uh, we got away with a win because that's one that, uh, you know, players can, you know, you, you just, you never want to be the guy that, that costs, costs a, a game. And, and it's just uh, at that point going to the third period, I said, I need to make the last save tonight. It's going to, you could tell it was going to be one of those games and whatever it may be, if it was going to be 10, nine, or if it was going to be like it was six, five or five, four, whatever it was, I just said, I'm making that last save and the puck's not going in the net. And, um, Sometimes that's what it takes, honestly. Maybe, maybe it was maybe it was my fault for getting you off your concentration. I don't know if you just popped in my head. Do you remember that morning 
back to Miko Koivu. I was just shooting the breeze with you while you're riding the bike after the morning skate for like 20 minutes. And Miko, who was not playing that night because he got hurt the night before, came out oh, of the work, right. came out of the workout room and just, yes, again, it. sarcastically just ripping into the two of us, like mostly me for not letting you, letting you concentrate on getting oh, ready for the right. start. Let, that let, night. Let, let him focus. Let him focus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh. Well, at least uh, uh, you yeah, got the I two points. To, so. I stick to I stick to the same routine. I get yeah. on the bike whenever and and yeah. spin my spin my mind away from the game. Yeah, and uh, just uh, last yeah. question here. It's a funny one. State of Hoppy asks. Uh, maybe Hoppy has to do what's with Zenekanaka. What's your favorite beer? Or, oh, uh, well, it's kind of this way. Uh, um, oh, maybe that's what it is. State of Hoppy, yeah, beer. I was thinking it was Hoppy Zenekanaka's rabbit that he used to have. Um, but he says oh, uh, you had. You have to. I wonder if he's one of these four guys that you have to ask him about the Staylock Superhand video, super fan videos from UMD. And he sent me. He YouTubed one of them. I almost retweeted it. I'm glad I didn't. That I watched it first because it is pretty risque, but it is very, very funny. Where it's four guys that essentially are impersonating the super fans from SNL uh, and the Bears, and these guys yeah. are Staylock yeah, super yeah, yeah. fans. Then you could do no wrong. Um, did you know these guys? No, I, I, I still remember it was my, it would have been my sophomore year. Yeah. My sophomore year, we, uh, I was laying in bed at, at the house. I lived up, to, uh, in Duluth right off college street. And, uh, I get a call from one of my teammates, Drew Aikens is like, Hey, you got to go on YouTube right now. And I don't even know it was YouTube big then. I, I guess I can't even remember. It was then 2008, 2007, 2008. And he, you got to go on YouTube and type in Staylock super fans. I'm like, what is this? So I'm laying in bed. I type it in. I start watching. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! And these guys were sitting up on one of the dorms, making these videos for the people that haven't seen it or whatever. And there's four of them. They got all this bulldog gear, and they're talking about how UMD we're gonna go into Denver and we're gonna beat them forty to nothing, or we're beat them forty to one, and I might let them score one goal or whatever it is. And um, they let they they lasted about four or five weeks, I think. And then we kind of started that year pretty slow. And I think they were like, okay, they, maybe <laughs> maybe they're not that maybe they're not. They're not the team we thought they were going to be, uh, but but it's uh, the material is pure gold, and yeah. they, they they were good at it. And uh, man, it, it was funny for a while there. I know the team, the guys. Every every week we'd wait for the new one to drop, as the new kids call it, and uh, and uh, we go on YouTube and look for it, and we just be howling, oh, laughing at some it, of these. It comments. is really funny. The the funny line that they said is uh that you that you were so good that you could drink two shots of whiskey and still go double zeros. <laughs> you know, like shut up. Oh outs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still oh, there's blow so you, anyway, you smell a fart, a smell a fart before it laid. And, yeah. yeah, there was a, there was some great lines. Yeah, there was it was really 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 funny. So uh, I highly recommend that if you're over 18 uh, to go on right. uh, YouTube yes. and uh, Staylock Super Fans because it was really really funny. Hey Alex, I uh, really appreciate. It. I I kept you way longer than I told you, which is oh, usually no, what no, the way no it works. Problem. Um, I'll let you go play with Simon. Um, as uh, I will say, you do have a future in broadcasting. You and Ryan Carter should do your own podcast or something. Because, uh, yeah, we've spent we spent a lot of time on uh, FaceTime and text this uh, this uh, shutdown or whatever you want to call it. And um, yeah, we talked to each other quite a bit and shared images or shared videos. We were actually at their house um, not too long ago, so I don't know if that'll that'll keep up or if we're gonna get told to the shelter in place so yeah i know it's been a uh, man this has been absolutely bizarre but uh really kind to of you you're only believe it or not i've done a, a, a podcast a week since the beginning of the season and you and doobie are the only two players that i've actually had on the podcast so uh so really oh, do, both uh, the goalies oh boy yeah i know exactly very cerebral uh funny yeah. guys so um yeah. 
really do appreciate it, Alex, and uh, enjoy the rest of the yeah, you know, time here. And I do hope that we get to watch you in net here and we can see the wild on how this uh, this chapter ends here this season. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yep, that's awesome. That's Alex Daylock. And again, if you are listening to this podcast, uh, don't forget to please rate and subscribe straight from the source on Apple. If you click on the show URL, which is theathletic.com slash straight from the source, you'll get 40% off your subscription to The Athletic. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you.